check, mic check. Mic check, one, two, there we go. Yeah. Grip podcast. I'm sorry I'm breathing so hard. I just ran up the steps, just got in the house to do this episode 37. We took a week off last week because I felt the episode with Carly was so good. It needed to roll for two weeks. Um, so let me go ahead and get this going. We're going to do the playlist shuffle. I'm going to keep it real funky this time and go to just not even really a playlist. Just go to my songs. Hit shuffle. Anything can come up. How do you want it? Got a nickel wanting it so bad I'm about to pass out Wanna dig you, and I can't even lie about it Baby, just alleviate your clothes, time to fly about Catch you at a club, oh shit, you got me feeling Body talking shit to me, but I can't comprehend the meaning Now if you wanna roll with me, then this your chance Do an 80 on the freeway, police catch me if you can Forgive me, I'm a rider, still I'm just a simple man All I want is money, fuck the fame, I'm a simple man Mr. International, player with the passport Just like a ladder, bitch, get you anything Ask for a see the him or me Champagne, Hennessy, favorite of my homies When we floss on our enemies Witness as we creep to a low speed Keep what a hoe need Pump some more weed from You don't need Alright, thank you for coming back And checking out the Grip Podcast I'm your host, Matthew Sky Osborne uh, I have a guest coming in today From overseas uh, That's gonna be interesting uh, A friend of mine We'll get into that in just a second From a little while ago and um, you can follow the Grip Podcast on uh, Google Play, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher. Did I say Stitcher? Um, and just search for the Grip T H E Grip G R I P as in podcast. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at the Grip Podcast, Facebook at the Grip Podcast, and Twitter under Matthew Sky S K Y Oz O Z as in zebra. Get your Be Humane wristbands. They are $5. The uh, point of the Be Humane wristband is to spark conversation with strangers. They see the wristband and they say, hey, what's that? You say, hey, glad you asked. The Be Humane wristband is about whatever you want it to be about. Uh, Whatever humane issue you want to discuss with people, whether that's um, civil rights, uh, feminism, police brutality, prison system, you name it. Um, Just get a conversation going. Uh, they're $1 shipping if you want it sent to you. If you know me, just hit me up in person. I'll get it to you for 5 bucks. Like I said, I've been on a roll. Playlist has been hitting. Uh, I haven't had anything too funny come up. I'm actually at a point now where I want something silly to come up because all these like cool songs have been playing. So I want I want something like embarrassing to come up now. So I, just, I hope I get lucky and get some corny. Uh, share the podcast with your friends and family. Talk about it. Share it on your social media. Um, if I can get some more interest, maybe I'll do another giveaway. 
I did the giveaway a couple weeks ago for a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Maybe I'll do that again. I don't know. Let me know. still a fan some of the most prolific music i've ever heard and probably will ever hear uh don't know why there's not more artists like that today i mean we we get close with impactful artists everything's so consumed so quickly these days it's hard to take time and 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 really like enjoy uh an artist or, or you know whatever music they put out because everything's so quick and people move on so fast so it's kind of hard in my head for something to really sit out there and just take its time and, and be consumed. And there's so much junk out there, you know. All right, I'll get off my um, my high horse. Let's see. Now, I got to Skype with this guy. So let me get to my Skype app. I don't even know where that is. There we go. Skype. Uh, his name is John... Nathan, I call him John, uh, Jonathan J.K. Morris, he is a, a podcaster uh, himself, has a, a pretty good following, and uh, I met him a few years ago, I think, on Periscope, so I'm going to go ahead and just buzz him and see if he'll pick up. This music is ridiculous. <laughs> hey. Hey, what's up, man? all good here can you hear me yes all right hold on this skype has this hilarious phone ring i don't know if you've heard it <laughs> it's like this little jam i was like oh that sounds awful you mean the dun, dun, dun. yeah <laughs> you don't have that before no i've never heard that oh yeah so it's just different for me uh, yeah i guess man I've, I've never heard it I mean, I don't ever, I'm never, I'm never on Skype, so, you know, I, I how would I know? Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, everything's good. There was a bit of echo at the beginning, but I think you, uh, clear, it just cleared itself up. Okay. Yeah, you're coming in pretty clear. Are you, do you have me on speaker or anything? No, I've got you on my headphones. Okay. All right. I haven't ever recorded from Skype, so I just want to make sure I get this audio right. I got you turned up pretty loud here, and I think we're good. So, I was um, talking a little bit, and we're live, by the way, like I said. Okay. <laughs> um, I was talking a little bit. I said, I got a, I got a guest on um, today from overseas. I didn't say where, so I didn't know if you wanted to give like a little introduction to who you are. Um, I gave me your name and uh, said you have um, a couple podcasts of your own. Because you're a big-time celebrity, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just choking on that. <laughs> so, yeah, do you want to go ahead and uh, just kind of say who you are, let them know who they're listening to? Sure. Um, my name's uh, Matthew said my name's Jonathan. Uh, I'm currently based in Hong Kong at the moment. 
you can tell by my accent that I'm not uh, I'm not Hong Kongese. I'm from the UK and uh, I've been living here now for nearly seven years. And um, <clears throat> actually, I should become a citizen next year and um, host three podcasts. One, I want to reference, obviously, hopefully in a discussion with you, um, because there's some episodes that might interest some of your uh, listeners directly, because it talks about race a lot. Um, but my podcasts are Loose Rants. Uh, that's more like a talk show about pop culture and things that just upset me and my co-host. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hello from Hong Kong, which is the show about meeting somebody once a month in Hong Kong. And then the last one is like a, a zero waste, environmentally friendly podcast, where actually it's more of a focus on trying to save you money. But if you manage to save money, then you're actually helping the environment. So it's like a twist rather than just appeal to the idea that, oh my God, guys, you've got to save, you've got to save the planet. It's actually just trying to save your wallet. So it's, it's, it's okay to be self-interested the payoff is that everyone benefits for free okay and um i know john i've never met john in person which i think is kind of funny (laughs) (laughs) i've never met john in person i only know john from this app called periscope and no one's heard of periscope (laughs) no one's heard of periscope and like i was totally into it when it first came out and i don't know why it, I think it was like, weren't, were they kind of one of the first ones to do like the live broadcasting from your phone? Yes. Was, were they the first or was, was there somebody else? They were, they were basically the first. I mean, I remember even as a, even as a podcaster, I wanted to do a, like a live, I was thinking like how to host something like that before it even came out on the phone. It would have cost, you know, thousands because of the server infrastructure and stuff like that. Yeah. So they were definitely the first. Yeah, and like for whatever reason, I found that fascinating because like I would broadcast. I drive a lot, so like I would broadcast while I was. Well, I probably shouldn't say while I was driving, but <laughs> um, I used to join you on those drives. I know, right? Because I had a, I got a, I used to have a long commute from uh, where I lived to where I worked, and um, it was nuts because like I could be here in Dallas and then you would be in Hong Kong, you know, and you're like live with me. And like, it doesn't sound like a big deal now because it's so common with like Instagram and Facebook and, um, uh, is, is uh, Periscope, but did the Twitter like Twitter, Twitter bought them before they even went uh, public with the software. Okay. Yeah. So they're still around though, by the way, I I guess I should mention um, and I, I guess assume they're just still connected to Twitter. Yeah, they're part of Twitter now. Oh, okay. The product's fully part, but they just have like, uh, you know, like Apple control Beats or have bought Beats, but Beats looks like it's not part of Apple because they don't call it Apple Beats or anything like that. Right. It's basically just like that. I see. And so, so they're siphoning off all the technology and putting it into the Twitter live product. I see. So, yeah, like I thought it was fascinating and I was totally like consumed by it and there were like a lot of celebrities that were using it too. And people thought that was nuts. Cause like, I don't know, like Kevin Hart or like John Mayer would go live a lot and you could just go in there and talk to them and they would talk to you. And what was this like three, four years ago? I don't even remember when this was. It came out in March, 2015. Okay. I joined in April and, um, you know, back then, it was the Wild West in the sense that you had no world map, so you couldn't find people geographically. 
you just had this one main list and if the viewers left you just started up a new scope and got to the top of the list again um, very <laughs> yeah. few people in fact there's very few people that i remember even going in, going into 2016 that was still around and said oh i was here from the beginning it seemed to be like the creators stuck around longer and the viewers um just left when as soon as they realized there was nothing really to um to keep them entertained yeah i had that was one of the reasons i kind of you know stopped using it because i didn't see the value for me other than just to connect with people um if i just wanted to see what other people were doing in the world um i i make this argument a lot or i have this argument a lot with a lot of people where i was using the internet personally back when you know before there was facebook and all of that right like i had a shitty website because i was selling music production and book publishing services for people and so i had a website to sell my services right and then like myspace came out and when myspace came out like i kind of got real pissed because like all my friends had a myspace page and i was like what the hell are you selling like why do you have a why do you have a website <laughs> and it like introduced this whole thing now where everybody's on social media and so everybody feels like they have a voice and they have something to say and i and that's fine i guess but like the market is just flooded with a lot of nonsense and um it makes it harder for i believe actually talented people and people who need to be heard to be heard or seen because i got like you know some kid down the street broadcasting <laughs> doing some shit from his Instagram or whatever. And he's got like a million views because he's jumping off a skateboard into a swimming pool, you know? <laughs> so like, that was one of the reasons I got off Periscope because I was looking for like, how can this benefit me um, in, in business? Like, is there a right. way for me to make money off of this? And I didn't see any value there for me. I think in the beginning, maybe there was, but the problem with Periscope still is that discovery is uh, it's a major problem. You, how do you cut out the crap or just the casual stuff that your friends just want to chat about publicly versus people who are trying to put on uh, a specific show but having having it, obviously having it live streamed, it's very hard for, for the good stuff to percolate to the top and there's no algorithm really that benefits the end user. That's my opinion. Yeah. So me and John met on Periscope and... Uh, John was interesting because, like, I can't remember how many, like, followers you had on Periscope. Uh, but I remember it was, it was quite a few. Um, at least I thought so, compared to, like... There was enough there for you to be impressed by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, like, a couple thousand at least or something. I don't know. Um, and I had, like, like 15. <laughs> right? And I would crack up because you were always in my Periscopes. And I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Even to this day, I kind of I kind of laugh about it because I mean it's not that I don't believe I'm having an interesting conversation. It was just it was just a funny thing for me because you were always in there. You were always consistent. Even to this day, you um, like you said, you subscribe to my podcast now, and um, you've always kind of been around. And I was like, I'm like, I swear one day I got to meet this guy <laughs> like in person. <laughs> 
<laughs> there was some talk from you about coming to Hong Kong. Absolutely. A couple of years ago, yeah. My sister-in-law. But I think. No, go, go ahead. I was going to say this is. I was just listening to a podcast yesterday about the ego, and um, it's it's how we manufacture ourselves uh, because we think how other people think of us. So we've got to become what they think we we think we are, and. You're, you're, I mean, I guess we're both kind of doing that in the sense that you are a person that I wouldn't sort of uh, negotiate with on a daily basis at all because I'm from the UK. There's very few uh, black people in the UK in my, in my you know, neighborhood mm-hmm. where I lived up north. Although it's different now. I'm back two years and there's, there's loads of black people, which is fascinating. Um, but then even in Hong Kong, there's far fewer black people. And if there are black people here... They're either rich uh, financiers from the United States, uh, probably black French, or they're from Africa. So they're, you know, they're from the motherland, so to speak. Uh, so it's, it's very different. So then just as me to casual sort of, you know, happy-go-lucky uh, American, it's just like, oh, this is, this is interesting. This is different. And then, you know, the conversations were always poignant, interesting. Um, you always had like, to me anyway... You always had like a an inte- a deeper intention rather than just, uh, rather than just to say, "Hey guys, here's my car, and uh, let's just chat about you know this particular president, and you know, but make it sort of uh, very surface level." Whereas you actually went deeper into it as you were driving. <clears throat> no, not driving. Sorry. <laughs> uh, parked and listening. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> parked in motion. Um. So yeah. Uh, I guess, well, what I was going to say real quick was my sister-in-law, she just went to um, South Korea. And um, I thought that was interesting because that was her first trip over the pond. As they say, I've never been over the pond. So I, I hope to get over there one day and, and make it out to where you are. Um, I really would like to, but we'll see how that goes. Um, okay, but what, what, what was your sister's perception of North Korea? Uh, sorry, South Korea. Um, I haven't really talked to her a whole lot about it uh, since she's been back, but um, she was like in shock most of the time for what I believe because, you know, you get like these different things in cultures where like the communication is, and me and you've kind of chatted about this, where the communication is just severely off because you have things that Americans will do that uh, British people um, won't do. And it's just kind of like that in South Korea where um, communication was just, I guess, a big <laughs> a big jump and just learning how to interact with people. Um, but she said a lot of it didn't look too foreign. I mean, you know, like how foreign can you get, like, as far as infrastructure? Like you get buildings, you get streets, you get cars. Um, I think all you're really kind of dealing with, from what I understand, I could be wrong, it just seems like the people, you know, and how how are the people and how do they interact and what do they do and just kind of the normal things that, that I guess you go through in life on your daily routines. Is is that Does that sound kind of? Uh, so you're asking me about what the people are like in Hong Kong. Well, I mean, just it seems like, that's going to be the ultimate difference anywhere you go. It's just going to be the people, right? Like you're going to get a lot of the same things in infrastructure with, you know. Yeah, kind of. Um, for those that don't know, by the way, Hong Kong is, is a part of China, but it's technically not China. So think of like, you know, uh, Disneyland Hotel is not actually a part of Disneyland, is it? Because it's outside of Disneyland. Yeah. Um, 
I don't want to make it political. I don't want to don't want to bring in like the difference between Puerto Rico and the American <laughs> main set of states. Um, people actually, people would on Periscope get upset and say, uh, "But but Hong Kong is not like Puerto Rico. It's different." And it's like, okay, but I'm just trying to make you know a soft, casual analogy. So I had to switch to Disneyland. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, Hong Kong itself was a former British colony, and so for me. And again, Americans, if we're going to go into this idea of like, you know, different types of conversation and perceptions of foreign places, they would say, don't you get any culture shock? Did you have any culture shock? How was the culture shock? They was always looking for some sort of shock. And maybe they just haven't left, you know, and, you know, the United States. But because it was a British colony, they still drive on the left here. Um, and so... And actually I, don't, actually, I don't actually care which side cars drive on. I'm not a car driver, and it doesn't make a difference. I've been to Europe as well. Um, but the way the city is constructed is like a British city. The, the, the roads are kind of Britishy, and, and what I mean by that is like this, they're, they're narrow and windy. I don't know why, but the British like narrow, windy roads. And uh, But then that comes with a mentality. You know, the British Empire was around before the automobile, so all the streets sort of designed for an earlier time, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas America was built built on the automobile. So you've got these nice, massive interstate highways that are you know, famous around the world. But when you get to the people, there are a lot of people here who speak English. Uh, you can go an hour away by train to the next city, which is Shenzhen, which is on the other side of the border. And there'll be far fewer people speaking English. There's a few place names in English. I don't know why, uh, because the British weren't there. But there's a big difference, and I didn't really understand that difference uh, until last year when I could make that direct contrast. I was in Beijing, but that's like the capital, so you expect it to be different. But I didn't realize how close this other Chinese city is, and it's bigger than Hong Kong now, and it's more economically uh, vibrant than Hong Kong. But it sits there in stark contrast to Hong Kong, where I just feel at home here. It's basically like one big Chinatown, and there are loads of Chinatowns in the UK. I can walk around. I can ask anybody on the street in English. I don't even have to pretend like I don't have to say, "Please, do you speak do you speak English?" I just I just speak English, which, in one sense, can be ignorant. But in the other half, it's well, basically, people enough people here speak English that I can just be lazy, which you know <laughs> gives me uh, some privilege here, which I'm sure you want to talk about as well. Yeah, street signs are in English. Um, I used to live in Wales prior to Hong Kong, so everything was in English and in Welsh. Um, for those that don't know, England, is, uh, England, uh, the UK is made up of uh, four countries. Great Britain is made up of three countries. Wales is one of the countries that's part of Great Britain, and they have two languages there. So coming here, and they've got two languages here, it doesn't, you know, that just means I've got half a signboard to ignore, just just like I did back in the UK. <laughs> shops are in English. Shops are either American as well, Starbucks. You can get Hershey's chocolate here. So it's 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 it is. Truly, you know, where East meets West, but I'm just mostly on the West uh, side of things. Sometimes I avoid some buses that I know don't speak English. Um, if I need to break that down, basically we have double-decker buses here, like in, like we do in the UK. Yeah. Um, but there's these ones called minibuses. We also call them uh, debt to death bus because the, the drivers all seem to have graduated from rally, rally school. But they come in green top and red, red top, and the red tops you need money, good old-fashioned, you know, coin. But the green ones need an octopus card, so you can just pay with your with your with your little payment card. I never catch the red ones because I don't have cash, and I don't want to tell the driver where I'm going because he doesn't have a planned route. The green ones have a planned route, so I know what to avoid. I know how to sort of not put myself in an uncomfortable position. You're right. 
Now, before I get too far into it, um, I, okay. I, I just assumed one thing here. Um, I want I want to let the the listeners know what your background is. In America, we would call you white. Um, <laughs> how would in, in Hong Kong they would call me Guaylo? Guaylo, <laughs> Guaylo, yeah. But but it would translate as like foreign devil or foreign ghost. Okay. Because the white people are crazy compared to the Chinese here. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, you know, interestingly, from my perception of looking at American culture, the it, it, it's like the, the white people are sort of the progressive types here compared to the Asians. But in America, um, it's it's the it's the minorities that are more progressive than the whites. <laughs> yeah, um, looking, that's a whole. For me, other looking at American culture, it's the black people that are basically the the crazy devils. Yeah. Right. And the Hispanics and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, you know, 180 in terms of perceptions. But there we are. Yeah. Um, see, there's a there's a lot to 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 talk about with you. And um, like, for example, well, I don't even know if I'm going to get into that yet. Because um, one of the things I like talking to you about or talking with you on Periscope about was just. I, I I believe you share different points of view than I do on some things as any human being. And um, I don't like speaking with people all the time who agree with me. Like, I don't like living in an echo chamber. Um, I, I, I need I need different opinions. I need different ideas. I need people to challenge my, my ideas and my thinking. And I believe I got a lot of that um, uh, in, in speaking with you and other people on, um, on Periscope and just social media in general. So one of the culture things, and we don't have to get too far into this, was how blunt um, <laughs> you guys are. Or is it, I don't know if it's people in Hong Kong or, or you being from the UK, but like you'll say things here that, well, people won't say things here that you would just say. And it's not in, in what I've learned. It's not in an effort to be rude. It's just how you talk. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's getting to the point. I think that's a good, I, I think you should mention it now because if we're going to have repeat appearances, people need to know that it's like, Oh, here's Jonathan. He's going to be a bit blunt. So, you know, is that like how, 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 how do you guys refer to people of color? Do you well, say first, black? what do you mean by, what do you mean by you people? <laughs> I guess you I'll, said that now. Yeah. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> you people. Uh, um, I'm I'm throwing uh, in a lot. I I should be more specific okay. because I'm I'm, re- I'm referring to Hong Kong and I'm referring to you as a British person, as a Guaylo, as a Br- British Guaylo person. I guess that's what I, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> my accent is not from London. I'm not from the south. I'm from the north. And if you've ever watched Game of Thrones. It's perfect because they say up north, you know, those northerners are bitter and they're sullen and they get to the point where it's in the south, they're a bit more, you know, a bunch of fairies. And we kind of have the same thing. It's like J.R. J. R. Martin, uh, George R. Martin, sorry, mm-hmm. went to the UK and said, you know what, this is perfect. We've got this north-south divide and uh, these are the characterizations of uh, British people, but on an international TV show. It's perfect. Um, and so... I grew up in the north of England, and we we are just really blunt. Humor is British humor. While it's very satirical, it's also very insulting. So we're used to speaking in a way 
that can neatly, you know, get around this minefield of like, well, how do I get to the point and most of the time not be insulting, but also make a point that might be funny as well? You know, typical comedy, humor is uh, is a great medicine, isn't it? <clears throat> um, yeah. So, yeah, we, we say colored we say we say black people, we say Spanish people or Latino. We use them interchangeably, and no one no one gets upset. I'm not saying anyone's right or wrong um, because it's all subjective. But it's 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 an interesting discussion. There could be an interesting discussion where you know, like some Americans will come to the Hong Kong or come to Japan. I remember a, a guy getting upset in Japan, and he was like that fucking asshole. And his translator was like, no, 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 he he, he means it this way, and he just immediately you know, uh, produced an outburst and it's like, wait, but you don't understand the culture because you're judging the culture from your perspective. So if, if you go somewhere else, you've got to be open-minded enough to look at it from their perspective, just as much as Hong, Hong Kong people don't say please and thank you so much, uh, in a transaction, they don't, in a, a retail transaction or they don't smile. And from the UK, we always smile and say, please, and thank you, even though we're really blunt and insulting with humor it's just one of those contradictions and i came here in the beginning and was like why don't they say please and thank you or why don't they fucking smile you know i'll get angry and then um, it would just be obvious this is not how they do it because i'm not living in the west this is the eastern part of this culture this this mix mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so not being i have a northern sort of mindset even though i'm not from the north my accent's from the north and it just uh has just came to be i think most people in north are like this um, on my podcast, Loose Rants, we get me and my ho- co-host get into some topics that I wouldn't talk about here. Um, it's just because we know each other. We've known each other for over a decade, and it's just just our British, just our British humor or sensibilities or mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but I remember you sort of being taken aback because um, you asked me a question, which I think we might get into again. But you asked me a question about my white privilege, which means something else here as it does in America, and you were like, oh, I'm not expecting an answer where you're actually telling me uh, who is actually responsible for this white privilege or your ability to live here in a, in a position of privilege, something like that. And you, you said that white people in America would be like, not sort of, they'd be playing up their own abilities more, whereas I didn't. I'm just saying, yes, yeah, because of my skin. So. <laughs> yeah, you were talking about a job. You said, I got the job because I was white. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why would... <laughs> Did you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we better clarify. So, um, in Hong Kong, and I want to link back into something about career as well. I work in the education market. I'm an English teacher, and it's one of the few jobs that white people can do here. Uh, if you've got a bachelor's degree um, and you've got like either a little bit of experience or like a, a TEFL under your belt, you can come here and teach English, uh, and they'll put out the red carpet for you basically um but they in the education market are kind of it's not it's not a level of racism that probably you'd probably get in america but it's it's based on race but it's also based on like monetary uh value in a sense that there is a perception here that white people speak the best english therefore the the parents want white people to teach english and the education centers want their shop window to be full of white people. So it's a good advertisement for their international schools, air quotes, international schools. So, you know, I came here and within a week I got two jobs uh, very easily. And um, and even through word of mouth, people will ask me, oh, are you a private tutor? Yes, I do private tutoring as well. Um, you know, I just get a 
just get a recommendation and get the job within a week. It's it's very easy. But I know it's harder for people of color. And when I was working at my international kindergarten, um, the the old boss lady, you know, and if you've seen enough kung fu movies and you've seen an old boss lady, she's like that, but as a head teacher. And for some reason, she would hire black people. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with hiring black people, by the way. But she would hire them and then pick on them. And I never understood why. And the teachers as well would sometimes have this expectation that if Mr. Kuda could teach this and Ms. Jam taught this, then their blackboards should be identical in when, in when they're teaching the kindergartners. And it's like, hang on, but different teachers have different styles. But they literally expected one blackboard to be exactly the same as another one. And because it wasn't, and this teacher was making comparisons, she would go to the head teacher and say, Mr. Kuda is not is not doing it properly. And yet he was actually better than me. He was more qualified than me. And I was getting paid more than him. I was getting paid more than the Indian uh, teachers as well, who also spoke English, who also had qualifications. I, at this point, didn't have a proper teaching qualification. I still don't. I have a master's degree, but it's not in, it's not in uh, teaching. I have a TEFL, but you, know, you can wipe your bum with a TEFL. It doesn't really matter. But I was in a position where I wasn't getting picked on. I was, I was getting a pass on my mistakes. Uh, I was getting assisted support to get me through my learning uh, uh, part, learning process, learning scene. What's the word I'm thinking of? Just at the beginning, anyway, when I was learning it. Mm-hmm. And he was making the tiniest of mistakes, which aren't even mistakes, and I'm getting paid more. And then he had to leave, and which was a shame. But then in the second year, they hired a, a black guy from Africa, and he could speak, and it was beautiful to listen to him. He could speak, obviously, I think, it, let's pretend it was Nigerian, sorry. But uh, he could speak Nigerian, English, obviously with a, a Nigerian accent, and he could speak fluent Mandarin because he worked in mainland China. Mm-hmm. And he didn't enjoy himself either, and he left uh, before his first year. He wasn't picked on, he just didn't like it. But there was a perception, again, that, he wasn't as good. And it just blew my mind because I've never experienced this directly myself, this kind of favoritism or, I mean, some people probably listening now saying, that's, damn, that's, that's racism, that's proper racism. But it's, um, yeah, it's not fair in the education market for, for people of color, for black people and even Hispanics. It's, uh, it's a strange place. Even Chinese, the Chinese would be prejudiced or racist, whatever the word is, towards their own kind. So, that was so it's it's not just about giving privilege just to to white people it's looking at all the races and saying we want white people because of this colonial mindset that probably still exists here and anybody else isn't capable of doing it to the same degree there's a lot there isn't there uh, yeah um <laughs> i mean i don't even know where to begin um uh, oh, let me go into detail about the chinese people so that so that if people have got these perceptions, uh, I don't know, if they're looking at it from what they know, let me just explain a little bit more about how the Chinese are racist towards the Chinese. Now, we have to clarify, this is from your perspective. Yes, this is from my perspective, uh, and obviously speaking to the Chinese staff involved okay. uh, in this particular incident. Now, obviously, this is just one anecdote from one kindergarten, but I understand how the education market works here, and it's it's pretty common in a sense that if you have a Chinese person, let's say, and this particular person was from Boston, and her Boston accent wasn't thick, so she wasn't like talking how they speak in The Departed, <laughs> teaching Chinese kids how to speak with a Bostonian accent. <laughs> mm-hmm. But 
she was fluent in English and Chinese, which to me, if you want to educate your own children, and especially in international school, you'd want them to speak fluent Chinese and fluent English. Who is the best person? It's not me, because I can't teach Chinese. <laughs> I can only teach half of that equation. But there'd be parents who would say to the headmaster, you're robbing my child of an education. We want an English teacher. And so this particular teacher was restricted to teaching, say, kindergarten level ones, which is like three to four-year-olds. She wasn't allowed to teach the four to five and the five to six-year-olds at kindergarten because the parents would complain because they felt cheated. Mm. And yet the irony of this is that they're sending their children to an international school. They're in front of a teacher who is a product of an international system, and yet they don't want that. And so what's going to happen in like 15, 20 years' time when their child is like 24 and they want to get a job and some Chinese person will say, no, because you're Chinese. It's like, well, why did my mom pay all this, all this money for this education? <laughs> Only for my own people to reject my abilities based on my race. It's asinine, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, and, they're, I, I, and they're doing it to themselves. Yeah, that's that's. I don't know. In my head, what I'm hearing is it just kind of seems like, and you have to, you know, help me out here from your perspective. It, it seems like it plays into this larger narrative that I, and a lot of people, not just people of color, but a lot of people have that um, white supremacy. As I as I talk about a lot on the podcast, is beyond the, the United States. It's it's worldwide. Um, uh, and, and I know. Yes. You're referring but, to education and how it relates to English-speaking white people in another country. Um, but I, I would, ha I mean, just hearing what you're talking about, uh, it seems like I, I would have to connect some of that to this idea. Because, like, why would a Chinese person do that to another Chinese person? Well, we, we, right, so we're talking about the education market in mm -hmm. isolation. So if we just uh, step out from that a little bit, mm -hmm. then you've got to include culture. And again, you know, th there was a Br this was a British colony. And so there's the historical aspect to it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people here want, kind of want, never wanted the British to leave. This is why the protests at the moment, they still sometimes wave a British Hong Kong flag and it blows people's minds. And it's like, but you never had, you, you had better freedoms under the British, but the British just left the Chinese people alone. And obviously they, they only want what they previously think they know they had which was the british occupying them or looking after them air quotes whatever word you want to use and they don't want the alternative which is the mainlandization of hong kong which is bringing hong kong into the into the mainland uh, communist mainland but then you also look at culture and white culture whether it's american or european is seen as an aspirational culture because these are the richest countries on the planet and china is coming out of poverty even in China, they use white models. They use white people to advertise products. You, I could, I could go to somewhere in China, and somebody could say, right, if you wear this suit, read this script, you can be the spokesperson of our vacuum cleaner company. And it's a, it's a common thing. And white people go there and pretend to be, you know, uh, players in in a larger corporation, because Chinese people will listen to the white people when they're speaking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, see, um, I mean, uh, huh? it sounds like you're kind of talking about what I'm talking about. It's like, like you said. Yes, yes, but that's in, that's in China. They don't do that here because the white people are more, it's like it's more common here. At the same time as holding people up to a standard, mm -hmm. I don't get my picture taken here. 
people aren't like, oh my god, there's a white person. They don't have that. So in some pla- in some respects, we're just normal people. But in the education market, you know, it's it's hyper focused on get, uh, getting their children the best possible education because of the money that they're paying. Because Hong Kong is so expensive. There's so many billionaires here, and they want the very best. So that's what they're demanding. But in China, black people. There is a website, and I forgot it. But there was a there's a website dedicated to black people, where there are black teachers in China who can speak Mandarin, by the way. And there were like roundtable discussions. There was a YouTube channel, and they were talking about the perceptions, and you know, they're sharing their anecdotes. And there were American black people, by the way. And I might be talking about it in a way that could be upsetting or extreme, but from their perspective in China, things are probably better. Hello? Yeah, you said they're better. <laughs> How do you, I mean, you just kind of stop, like, better because... Well, again, I can't remember the website, and it's, it's not fair, but it's out there. Um, and they, they will talk about, the, like, say, perceptions of race. They will make it more about race, where I'm not convinced, and I think this is where we have a difference of opinion, mm-hmm. and we can get, this, get into this later at some point. But I don't believe all these choices that people are making is based on race. Whereas I think you, I think if I remember correctly, you think it is based more on race. Yeah. Because part of me thinks it's about class as well. Yeah. And Hong like, Kong certainly has like a class system uh, in place. Yeah. And maybe because we're about 45 minutes in, I don't want to jump into that now. But that is yeah, something fine, that I fine. definitely do want to talk about with you because. It's a little taster for next time. <laughs> Yeah, because I um, in the brief conversations that we've had about it, it's I don't think that I hear you saying race is not a problem. You're saying you believe the bigger problem is class. Is that accurate? I, th- I think it's, it's I think it's a mixture, but I think a lot looking at what happens in America, and again, this is for another episode. I think everything is viewed on based on race, mm-hmm. and looking at it here, looking inside on. American culture, I don't think it's race. And I actually follow a lot of black people on my Twitter. I specifically did that to understand, um, obviously, the, the, the minority aspect to this conversation. Mm-hmm. And in my Twitter timeline, there are black people who say, but it's not about race. <clears throat> I don't want to get into any more. We've got to save it for next time. Haven't we? <laughs> but they're, they're bit, I'm, I'm listening to them. I'm listening to the, to, the, to the voices of those who are most affected. So I'm not sort of coming at it with my own independent point of view. Yeah. I'm saying, you know what? I agree with these black people. It's not always about race, but things are so hyper-focused. Uh, the media intensifies certain things, and we can just easily slip into this idea that it was based on race. Yeah. Um... Especially when there's white people who will vote against their own interests. But it, it's a, it can be seen as a racist decision, and yet uh, it's, a, it's a class distinction that they're unable to, to sort of pass out. Yeah, so that's definitely something I want to get into. Um, yeah, because I, I think that's an interesting conversation, and um, like I was saying, I'm open to having these kind of conversations with people because, and I think it's also no. I think we should also point out that what you just said, I don't see a lot of people do, just generally speaking, not just white people, but everybody, where you're saying you're listening to the other point of view. You're you're like you're not just saying, "Hey, this is what I think." That's it. You're saying, oh, "I have these opinions, but I also want to hear what these black people are saying," um, because they are directly affected by these race issues. So you're, it, it sounds like you're willing to go there 
and have an open mind and, and hear other uh, points of view, which well, I'm a lot of people don't. By Chinese people, a lot so. of people don't do that. <laughs> Every everything's so tribal, so it, it's it's it's. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and I don't I don't believe in I don't adhere to tribalism. Tribalism think. Um, I try to I try to sort of step out of you know uh, we can we can briefly mention Periscope again, whereby I was upsetting the people in on Periscope, the actual support staff, the developers, I was upsetting them because of my views. And then it got to me, hang on, but just because you're white and I'm white doesn't mean we should agree with each other or if we're the same somehow. Um, I don't agree with that. And I was told, because because I caused a bit of a problem with Periscope a few times, mm-hmm. and people were getting upset for my views. And they were coming from this San Franciscan you know, mindset where everyone should be polite and kind to one another. And I said, no, fuck that. If, if you're being a dick, then you're being a dick. There's, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no ifs or buts about it. And I didn't understand how they would try to get me to relate to their point of view when like, for example, I'm not the same as a Russian person, but they're white. I'm not the same as a Norwegian person. Uh, you know, what right have I got to, um, criticize Norwegian culture or Russian culture? Even if I've been there, I have I have no basis with which to do that. Um, but there is this, then again, you could say, well, you have no basis to uh, criticize American culture in any sort of way or criticize white people. But I think American culture and British culture are so similar. Um, I get that pass. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, say, because <laughs> there's nothing, nothing that differentiating <laughs> differentiating between those two countries uh, for the with regard to the white people. Yeah, we're very but, similar because. The way I understand it, and I, I, I tend not to believe everything I read. I, I like kind of take everything with a grain of salt because I know history is written by the winners. So um, my understanding of the United States basically is that uh, the poor people from Europe and Britain or whatever came over here to find a new land. So our, like you said – are those white people not the same? I mean, those are the direct, like, what descendants of of you guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, what do you mean, you guys? You're the British people, you know? <laughs> You're being so racist. <laughs> what do you mean, you guys and you people? I, I can hear the undertones in this conversation. <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll have to save that for, an, for, an, for, another, uh, for another episode, I guess. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about... Uh, well, uh, well, I guess air quotes race here, the culture here. So I haven't, I, I haven't spoken directly to a lot of black people, whether they're directly from America or directly from Africa. There's a handful of black people. Yeah. Um, but on my own podcast, Hello from Hong Kong, episode uh, 18 is with a young lady called Danny Estelle. And she was from uh, Africa. And then she moved to Europe. She lived in Belgium. And we the the podcast is an hour and forty six, and we do talk about race, big time. Um, she basically lived on four different continents, and I'm just going to read you some of the blurb. It says, "Together we discuss what it's like for someone who isn't typically seen as a world traveler, because you know if you look at Instagrams, it's always white people traveling everywhere, showing you how great everything is, and showing you Asian culture from their perspective, uh, which kind of annoys me sometimes. There aren't there aren't any black Instagrammers who are traveling the world to the same." degree or getting the same amount of attention that's something that i've observed but together we talk about what race the discussion of race on living on four different continents and how she takes her hardships and 
compared to the difficulties. Again, it's about how difficult it is for her to travel around compared to white people. Things that white people can take for granted that black people can't. They're always, you know, held up at the border. They're going to have their documents checked again and again. And it costs them more money to travel around the world as well because people... It, it, I can't remember the country specifically. I'd have to listen to the episode again. But let's say she's from, um, let's say she's from uh, my go-to country, Nigeria. She would have to pay to go to a country, whereas I wouldn't because of the privilege of my British passport, because it's one of the best in the world. Uh, I think there's, I think Germany's, Denmark's, the American passport, British, and I think the Chinese passport, uh, on a technicality, those are the best passports in the world. So travel is cheaper to get around, and that means you don't have to pay for visas and whatnot, and access to that country is much easier. If it's black, it's black. If you're white, you're white. Mm -hmm. So... Why should why should I get offended if you call me a white guy? Because that's what I am. Okay. Do Again, you say I could be wrong? Do they say my... colored over there? They say colored people. <clears throat> no, uh, we say we just say black people. Oh, okay. Or Africans. They make that distinction because again, there are there are different types of black people. But if you really want to talk about people from one particular continent, then you say Africans. Whereas if they're American, then you just say they're black. I don't know why. It's just like in like if you go on Pornhub. You know, the women are classed as ebony, but the men are just classed as black. It's, it's, we it's weird distinctions that we make, but nobody agreed to it. If you type ebony, you'll just get black women. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying I know what you're talking like, about. Why? <laughs> why? Why is that? So, yeah, I always end up typing black and get loads of black porn. And I'm like, oh, uh, I guess I'll watch it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what, what was I saying? Again, so, one huh? of the reasons I enjoy talking to you on Periscope because you just talk like you talk right there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking to Danny Estelle. It was interesting in so much that we talked about we talked about race and how, what, how she encountered racial issues in Belgium was different to when she went to America. And then there were people in America, black people in America, that were like, "Danny, you've got to." You've got to uh, get in on this uh, particular thing, uh, whether it's like making a protest or making a statement against white people. And I asked her, but did you have to, though? Because you never grew up in America. That isn't your fight, so to speak. You don't seem to have been hard done by white people in the same way as white people have obviously upset or put cast, cast aside black people in America. Um and she was like, yes, I, 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 I do have to do this. And, and I did, uh, you know, take a side, so to speak. Um, I was like, oh, OK. I mean, I, I can't speak any more about it because I've never been to America. But at the same time, I've read stories where other people will say, no, um, I won't partake in sort of castigating or pointing fingers at white people because white people have always been good to me. And But this is a particular African still working in Africa who gave him a job and a career and so forth and so forth. So those are very uh, subjective uh, points of view to share. But no, no one no one gets upset. I think the only people who got upset with me are South Africans and white South Africans who work here as English teachers, but they didn't like my brashness, my bluntness with certain topics. And I would upset the, uh, well, like, hey, if you want to make it about gender, I would upset the women, <laughs> the white women. Okay. Just in normal conversation, because mm -hmm. they don't—I don't think they expected that level of bluntness, um, and yeah. So no, didn't didn't, didn't upset uh, black people at all. What, what, with the what way you, I talk. What do you What do you say to the white women, John? Uh, 
hey baby look at this picture i've got <laughs> no i don't know what i said um it was some of it was politics like if you if you fall out with one woman then the other women will take her side oh, okay. and i was and using my humor the way i go about things i i made a i made a point which sort of was went, which went over their heads it was something really stupid it was about playing music in in the uh, in the canteen and one person was playing music and i said could you turn that down and she said no and i'm like okay but i'm trying to do my thing so I turned the volume up on my phone. She was learning something, and I just turned the volume up on mine to try and compete with her. And she said it no. So I thought, well, okay, I can do the same thing then. And um, and then this woman got upset and said, you're being really rude. And I'm like, hang on, but I was making a point. And then she stormed out, and then, you know, three three other women didn't talk to me anymore. <laughs> oh, so you're... It's, it's something banal like that, you know? It's not at all something contentious. It's just one of those work things that happens, and then... You know, you're not going to go and you're not going to look, you know, match with them on Tinder or anything, are you? Yeah, you're you're, you're that guy. Yeah, um, it sounds like you. I, I don't know where you are on um, feminism. Like, are you, would you say you are a feminist? You're not a feminist. You don't think about it. Um, I do think about it a lot, um, but I sort of I sort if people want if people are screaming for equality, then I think they should be given equality, actual equality. You should give it to them. And this, uh, but then I know in America there's this, there's this extreme left uh, sort of movement to give women privileges over men or at the expense of men, which I don't agree with. I believe in pure equality. So if I listen to them and they say we demand equality, then I agree. If they want equality at the expense of someone else, then I disagree. But if they're saying women are just as capable as men, then I say, well, give them that job, but don't don't get upset if you can't do the job, because we are. I believe. I well, I don't believe. I know we are physically different. We're physically different in different ways, you know, to the benefit of one gender to the other. But then to start start talking about, well, women don't get paid as much, and so we should get paid the same as men. But then it's like, well, the general line is that women are not being paid. And it's like, well, have you looked at the breakdown of say? the pay of men versus women are there female oil riggers are there as many women in the military regardless of whether they're allowed or not so okay let's open up the military to women can they do the same frontline services as as men are they going to go work on construction to the same degree as men are they going to put their lives in danger like men do then if they don't want to then then of course men are going to get paid more in certain sectors um, so I don't believe in, wholly believe in this idea that women are actually being paid less. In fact, here in Hong Kong, women are paid more than me. I actually are the minority. Women are more in demand than men, but I'm not complaining about it because I understand that women have a role, a, a, role, a certain role where their instincts uh, and, and, and their, the way they carry themselves is less threatening than a man. So I'm able to see both sides. But at the same time, in Japan recently, women were given a harder entry exam into this particular medical school, this prestigious medical school. And they found out that they were giving the women harder exams so that more of them would flunk out because they believed that if they employed more women, women would get pregnant and then take time off from their job. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't do that. Women are different. So you've got to treat them differently in the sense that if they're going to get pregnant, then fine. Or change the law so that the husband and the wife can take the same amount of time off. 
there is this belief that men could stay at work and not get the same enough, uh, what is it, paternity leave? Maternity, I can't remember which one it is for men. Paternity or maternity? Um, it's, I, I have the same question. <laughs> I don't know if it's maternity so or paternity. You should, you should, in some European countries, they. I'm jumping around a lot, but I'm trying to just basically explain that I take a very, I hope, centered equality uh, view on feminism. So in, in European countries like Finland, I think, or Sweden, men and women get the same amount of time off if they have a child. So then you can't get upset. You can't discriminate. Whereas in Japan, obviously, they're very. It's a very. Uh, it's a very uh, male-dominated culture, just like Korea. So, does that help with explaining my uh, views on feminism? Well, I, I got like, a few give questions, it to them, but acknowledge that we are different, and so there are different outcomes. So, one of the questions I have is: so you were saying earlier that you you've heard, I guess, in America that women want some rights at the expense of men, or more rights than men. That's that's what I'm reading about. That's what I see on my Twitter timeline. The perception is that women are demanding, or people on the left, sorry, are demanding certain things at the expense of men. Do you have anything specific as to what that is, or is uh, it... I wasn't expecting to talk about uh, gender, yeah. um, so nothing comes to mind at the moment. So that makes me look like a douche. No, well, because <laughs> um, my cause, I guess well, the policies, like the policies at Google, where that guy. They're trying to bring more women into the IT sector. And there was a guy who produced uh, a thesis and explained how to do it. But at the same time, he outlined the differences between men and women. And he got fired from Google and he tried to sue them. And they basically said he was being discriminatory towards women. Um, But whereas he was actually pointing out the psychological distinctions between men and women and why women weren't choosing, weren't opting or volunteering to get into the tech sector. And it wasn't because so much of this bro culture. It's because where men and women think differently. So they're trying to force women into the tech industry by uh, discriminating against men. They're actively trying to not hire typical white dudes at the expense of others, include, obviously including colored people as well, um, which I don't have a problem with because I don't that, – that to me – is, is different. <clears throat> well, see, the question the question I would have with that is, like, who's writing that report? Is it, is it a white guy writing the report as far as the distinctions between men and women? It was I a white guy, I, yes. So I don't know that I can trust something like that. Like, because that's a lot of the problems we run, we, that we run into as, as black people is that there, there was all this, like, pseudoscience about our intelligence and stuff. And all this was written by white people, and it was all wrong, because we are all the same. Like, I mean, we all have different variations in, in our makeup, but at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We're we have brains, we have mouths, you know, all that, all that good stuff. Sure. So when I hear something like that, like it's a it's a white male or a man of any. Uh, ethnicity writing a report about how women are that's one of the problems that we have here in the united states so i don't know that that we're having like because i I, i'm not familiar with women here demanding more rights than men what i'm seeing is women demanding the same rights equal rights and if what i see a lot of right now we're having this big fight here is that um the Republican Party are trying to take rights away from women. Yeah. And I personally have a huge problem with that. 
um, I think women should have the freedom of choice. Women should be able to, to, to decide what to do with their own bodies. It's their body. Well, that's at, that's at, that's at the political level. Um, so it's, it's a little bit different. I mean, because mm-hmm. I, I mean, full acknowledgement of that. The government, mm-hmm. the Republicans have always tried to uh, take away the rights that, you know, people have had for since Roe versus Wade. See, I even know the court case because they keep mentioning it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but to, just to go back onto the, this, so you're saying it's a white guy, so you're automatically taking a sort of defensive point of view, but you're also taking my word for it from another white guy. And I would, I would, I'd uh, have to expect, research that. Yeah, you'd have to, I'd expect <laughs> you to research it. And, because I didn't even know his name, but his, yeah. his name is James Damore, but he point, he did point out that he offered ways, he showed and explained ways of how to bring women into the fold. So he wasn't being exclusionary. He wasn't trying to be critical, but he was acknowledging that there are differences between men and women. And I, I believe there are differences, obviously. So the media, look after listening to him, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, he pointed out that the media ignored the nuance of the things that he was saying, and they were looking for clicks. They were looking for the, you know, for the hate and the anger and the algorithm to serve them, you know, attention with their headlines, with their articles. So, yes... Be doubtful of what a white guy says, but then you've also got to be doubtful of what the media want you to see and know. And then there was a there was a press conference or some sort of seminar with the same guy and a woman who was a biologist, mm-hmm. and she was on his side explaining that there are differences between men and women, but there is this belief in America that there are no differences between men and women. We're exactly the same, and I, I just don't I just don't believe that. Well, this is the, 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 well, that's I'll... the fundamental takeaway. That's yeah. yeah if, so what this is what I believe when it comes to men and women, and I, I approach this like I approach any topic. Where's the information coming from, and you know, is what's the motive behind it? Is there any motive behind it? Um, are there differences between men and women? Absolutely, right. Um, I've seen women who are stronger than some men. I've seen men who are stronger than some women, right? So I'm not going to be quick to say what a woman can and can't do because I know some women that could kick my ass. I agree. (laughs) So that's why I say give women equality. Let them decide. Yeah. So that's kind of like my approach. So if like, and and I don't want to put words in your mouth. This is because I'm I'm talking a lot of from what I see here in America, more so than that's going to be my perspective, more so than what you're saying to me, because I may be misinterpreting some of the things you're saying to me. Um, but like I said, that's all going to be based on my American point of view, um, and what's what we're hearing a lot and what we see a lot here. And just let me say for the record, like this, these are my personal opinions. This isn't. I'm not a Democrat. Or Republican, if we're being honest, um, I would have to be an independent. Um, do I vote Democrat um, more than anything else? Yes, because Republicans are trying to kill us. <laughs> um, so I just I'm very skeptical of information that's being provided to me. I like to see where the information is coming from and why is it being given to me the way it's being given to me. So if somebody sure. tells me, you know, what women can and can't do, I have to approach that the way I approach, you know, people coming to me and saying what black people can and can't do. 
a lot of the misinformation in the United States, and I'm, I'm speaking from my perspective, has come from white people, predominantly white men, because they control everything. You know, they they uh-huh. can, like what industry you? I don't know that you can point out one industry in the United States that's run by a person of color. We're talking like banking, you know, uh, the home market, you know. Uh, energy like there are white people at the head of all these industries education you name it the government like we have one black president right <laughs> um, that's and one orange one that's yeah that's bananas <laughs> so i'm just saying all that to say you know when i start hearing things like what people can and can't do and that information is coming from white people i'm always going to be like yeah um i don't know about that yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of podcasts I listen to where uh, people who are hiring for jobs, you know, mm. if, they see a, if they see a CV, sorry, a, res, a resume, we call it a CV or curriculum vitae, we like to go Latin uh, in the UK, um, they, will, they will subconsciously cast aside, you know, the CV with uh, the word Shakisha, you know, some sort of black name um, in the name of the, of, of the resume. And... Uh, you know, yeah, they'll, they'll cast them aside. They'll just subconsciously say, "This person, oh, this person's black," and then I can't hire them because they might have they might have an issue. It's their perception of black people, and the person hiring is white. And then they see this other they see this other CV, and it says Tom, and it's like, "Oh, Tom, yes, okay, that's that that's enough for them to look at the CV." I see. If you've come across that before, yeah, that's 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 some of the things I keep hearing about as to why black people aren't being hired in certain jobs because they've got like a name that they might think, Oh, oh it's difficult to pronounce. Oh, it's a black person. I, I'll, I'll give this one a skip. Yeah. I, yeah, like I hear that. what you're saying. Yeah. That happens all the yeah. time. Yeah. 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 Here though, here, just to bring it back to Asia, because I, I feel like we're, we're jumping around a bit. Yeah. If that's okay. Because yeah. I would love to talk about this more about my view on what America, you know, American culture, we can get into that. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, but, like, like I say, if you're black and you're being hired for a job here in the education market, then you're going to be at a disadvantage. But in the world of finance, in the Western corporations that are here, there are black people who are making money, making bank, and they're in a position where they can live on the island. For those that don't know, Hong Kong is part of the, Hong- of the Chinese mainland, and it's partly a group of islands mm-hmm. as well. But Hong Kong Island itself is seen as like the Western, they call it the dark, uh, the light side. They even got a Star Wars reference there. The light side and the dark side. Kowloon yeah. is seen as the dark side. So if you're a dirty scrub, that's an uneducated or less civilized, that's where you go, so to speak. <laughs> um, it's kind of a dangerous reference to make um, in some respects. Um, but I was in a bar, I was in a jazz bar one time, and there was a group of black people who had the private function room. And I was interviewing a jazz artist, and when I, but I had to change in the private function room, which is a bit weird. Just my suit was there, and my, my camera gear and stuff was there. And I could hear them speak in English, so I knew they weren't African uh, black people. And I said, hey, uh, where are you from? Because one of them was away from the, from the main group. And he said, oh, I'm from Chicago. And, he, and all of them were basically from Chicago. And it blew my mind that there was like a little subculture of black Chicagoans. I don't know. What do you call them? Mm -hmm. What do you call people from Chicago? Like Boston has Bostonians. 
You have New Yorkers, what are Chicago people? To be honest, I don't know. We just say people from Chicago. <laughs> that, that's racist. <laughs> okay, uh, Chicagoans then. And I, I and 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 I did, and by the way, I uh, I coined that term. The white guy coined the term for for, for Chicago people. Um, and I was just blown away by the fact that they were all working in finance. They they had their families here, and I could meet a group of. I could meet a group of American black people here, but from from a part of the world I'll never go to. And they were in uh, a private function room, basically, you know, sequestered away from everybody else, but in the opposite way that maybe black people have felt or have known about. Do you get what I'm getting at? A little bit. They're in a they're in a position of privilege because they're away from the main main parties and they've got their own private function room mm-hmm. because they could afford to pay for it, um, and they're in high earning positions mm-hmm. because they were working in finance so they could yeah. transfer over and work here and have no problems i mean i don't know if we can say no problems we have to ask them <laughs> okay fewer problems <laughs> but on, on a surface level like, yeah compared to those those in the, edu- in the education market yeah they they weren't they weren't you know in any sort of difficulty and they were enjoying their life so let me ask you this um and we can yeah. wrap up on this um, cause I know it's early morning where you are. Um, it's 8 AM here, 8 AM. It's 7, 11 PM here. Um, I wanted to ask you, this is a very, this is a very broad general question. Um, how is America viewed right now from your guys' perspective? And by that, I mean, um, what Guaylo, <laughs> I don't know why I should be saying that word. Cause I don't know what that really means. I mean, I'm trust you're telling me. <laughs> Uh, it, 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 honestly, it means foreign devil, foreign uh, crazy ghost or crazy devil or foreign devil. Honestly, it means that. But if you're a woman, then you can't be called Guaylo. You're a Guaypo because they have they have words based on gender okay. for some things here. So you're a Guaypo if you're if you're a white woman. Okay, this is just for white people. They have this little insult that some of us just laugh at. Um, how so, is America viewed? Yeah, like with all the, the the shit that we got going on now, like is it, I guess I'm I'm asking, is it still viewed as this? Um, I don't know if you guys, if anybody in the world has ever looked at us as a moral authority, um, but um, I guess I'm asking that question because I know America's rich and we got all the money that we have, right? How are we viewed morally? I guess is what I'm asking. I don't think, well, I start at politics. Um, there are political uh, personalities here who go to America to drum up support for certain initiatives. So Marco Rubio actually uh, gets his name a lot, uh, in, mentioned a lot in Hong Kong because he is standing up. He likes to stand up for the uh, the rights of Hong Kong people because America has a treaty with Hong Kong. I don't know if you know, but America at the moment legally treats Hong Kong differently to China. And in this trade war, it could get interesting because there are certain things happening here where they're trying to bring Hong Kong into the fold, into the mainland Chinese fold. And if enough of that happens, America has to look at their treaty and say, is Hong Kong different enough to China? If it isn't, then we're going to treat you just like China and you're going to be further impacted by the trade war. Hmm. But no one's upset at that. In fact, um, in fact, I would I want that to happen. In some respects, yes, I would want that to happen, because the government here in Hong Kong 
is is a bit ignorant. They're not. Dem- it's not a democratic. We have a quasi democracy here. So you have freedom of speech, but you don't elect. You don't elect your leaders. There's like a a party that elect your leaders. Party made up of businessmen and uh, industry heads, things like that. They elect through a you know through a secret society or whatever <laughs> their leaders through candidates that Beijing decides. Um, but they regularly go to America and they look for. I guess the answer to your question is the moral authority. They want America to step in and and you know push China back a bit. So in that sense, yes, they they do look up to America because America is seen as uh, you know the policeman of the world or the authority on uh, the freedoms of the world. That's the short answer. Okay. <laughs> but but I have a lot of Americans who come here and say, oh sorry, Americans on Periscope who, who used to ask me and say, is it safe for Americans here? Which was which always blew my mind. Is it safe for Americans? Like, just Americans. I mean, I don't know how if I came to Hong Kong again, would they be able to distinguish me from uh, an American if I didn't open my mouth? And then would I be in greater danger if I didn't open my mouth and say, no, 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 I'm British, I'm British, don't kill me. (laughs) Whatever, don't mug me. Um, Hong Kong, as with the rest of Asia, I think they have the safest cities in the world. Americans have no fear um, to being here. Um, and I, I know it's not directly answering your question, but it does need it does need sharing, because there is this perception that the world is a, the world outside of America is this lawless um, hell hellscape from uh, Mad Max in some respects, and it's not like that at all. Um, you know, I've walked around with expensive pieces of equipment, you know, whether I'm periscoping or filming. Nobody cares. Nobody will steal from me. Um, there are some dangerous areas. But relatively speaking, to me, they're not dangerous um, because I grew up in a danger- more dangerous place back in the UK. But then, relatively speaking, if you're an American and you came to my part of the world where I lived, you'd say this is this is bloody Disneyland, right? So it's wholly subjective. But there is this perception that mm-hmm. uh, it's it's an unsafe place for Americans, and it's not. Um, and again, it goes back to this idea that Western culture is seen as an aspirational culture. So they want the Prada handbags. They want the Apple computers. We have six Apple stores in Hong Kong for a population of 7 million. Um, but we do get a lot of Chinese tourists. Um, Western brands are revered here, you know, at the expense of their own brands. Again, it goes back to this idea of perception of value. Uh, this is why I don't believe it's always about race. If, if there's a Hong Kong person who's making something local, maybe the white people, maybe the Western people would be interested in it because they want to experience something that's local. But the Chinese Hong Kong people will want something from abroad. They want something from France. They want something from America because they want to sample that international cuisine or um, lifestyle. So there's that contradiction as well, that when you're here, you want local. And if you live here, then you want international. And so what's, what is the best place to get your products from? Well, it's America. It's from Western Europe. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of answers my question. Um, but that's just, I was just personally curious about that. Um, so yeah, people actually, sorry, people have actually called me out, uh, when I was with my girlfriend, Mm -hmm. my Chinese girlfriend, and they've actually said, Oh, are you from America? That's the first thing they do ask. So America is on their minds. They never assume, Oh, are you from the UK? I don't know why they always think I'm American first. (laughs) Uh, So it's more in the, uh, it's more in the subconscious. Yeah. America rather than Britain, even though we used to be a, a British colony. Yeah, I can see that. A lot of shit going on here. Um, not that shit's not going on in other places. 
Okay, so yeah, man. Um, like I said, I want to wrap up with that so we don't get this going on too long, and then um, we'll see if we can go ahead and get into those other topics. Um, okay, can I can I share my Twitter if people want to oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I am on Twitter, only Twitter, uh, because it's the best social network, obviously. Um, <laughs> Jonathan JK, basically, at Jonathan JK. And uh, yeah, tweet at me if you want. I'll put your um, Twitter handle uh, on the video. Um, I'll just grab a picture, um, like your Twitter picture, and I'll put it up there as well. Cool. And my, if you want on my podcast, it's just at jonathanjk.com. Everything's on brand. Jonathan JK. Jonathan JK. I got you. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me this morning. No worries. I'm glad we, we could do it because we finally got the time zone thing worked out. Oh, that, that was my fault. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's okay. Okay, <laughs> man. I cool. appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on, John. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay, I'll talk so, to you soon. Okay, take care, Matthew. All right, you too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, so that was uh, Jonathan JK, and like you said, he gave you all of his information. Um, I, I, I will start saying with my guests because I feel like I get into, I don't want to get into trouble. Um, cause I'm not going to have guests on the podcast that always agree with me and share my point of view. So, um, I want to make it clear that my guests point of views are their point of views and my point of views are my point of views. And if you listen to the podcast, you know what my point of views are. And, um, I will debate, um, topics, um, on the podcast with my guests uh, that I, that I don't, that I don't agree with and, um, or have questions about because I don't want it to appear that, you know, I'm co-signing, uh, opinions that, uh, I may not agree with, but I do want to have, like I said, people on the podcast that have different points of views about things so we can have those debates because I do feel like one of the things we lack in society is being able to have those conversations with each other because um, we share different points of views on things. And uh, that breakdown, you know, leads to all this um, fighting that you see in, in, in life and in uh, social media and in our politics, if you will. And so I, I need to be an example, lead by example, and, and um, uh, kind of show how people can peacefully disagree uh, on things and, uh, make your point. And then if the other side, you know, agrees to you, they agree with you. If they don't, they don't, you continue the conversation and, um, maybe something comes from it. Maybe something doesn't, I don't know, but I think the beginning point is having that conversation. Um, and I think that's where you start with a lot of issues is just start talking to each other. Uh, I think communication is, is paramount in any relationship, whether that's personal, uh, business, uh, or just people in life, you have to be able to communicate with each other because if you can't communicate, then there's there's a big breakdown and it leads to all other kind of problems. All right, I'm gonna go to my playlist. Or actually, just my songs to hit shuffle. Hopefully, something corny comes up. Guess not.
listen to these rap records Half the time I'm suspicious You niggas sound so fictitious Believe me, I know the difference I got some words for you niggas The definition of the Listen up I've been with you going three times and plus Big houses, cars, jewelry, bad bitches All around this motherfucker, uh I seen it all and guess what? It's the you feel me? Oh yeah, oh I see what you saying I know some niggas just like that Brighton ass niggas man Really ain't got no bucks like that Stuck like that It's cool if you cool with getting love like that Flashing down to Southside Raleigh You'll be running out of luck like that What I mean by that is why your name always in these rental records Spending rent money, getting that bottle service into your section You leased your car, leased your house, leased your spouse No she leaving if you run out of paper It might be smashing your neighbor I know you think you a star cause followers click in Guess your ambition is to keep up with social tradition Like sneaker shopping summer, you need Cause it's fucking sickening Cause you'll take your soul out Just so you can fit in Asking me to do a song with these niggas Doc, I think it's time for you to open up the pharmacy, nigga And change this fucking music shit, my nigga You should consider Nah, I been doing me loking Keeping these bad bitches open And keeping them wet, yeah Yeah. cut, Long Beach right by that ocean Still sipping that gin and juice, my nigga Yep, I'm still on that potion And all these random niggas fake as fuck And I'm still getting noticed Goddamn, man How we supposed to handle this shit, cuz? Everything we built, these niggas done dismantled this shit, cuz We gotta get back to that real That's on the dub Another lesson from your Uncle Snoop. What, what, what? I'm just stating the facts. Don't get no realer than that. Shouldn't be too hard, my nigga. It's supposed to be like a layup. Shouldn't be so hard to be yourself. My nigga, wake up. Stay up. Pay up. Straight up. That's what I'm made of. Yup. My life is all authentic. That's why I'm going way up. Your satisfaction fictitious. Your happiness is made up. Simple pleasure. 